Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic leaders today. This is the Indiana Bible College podcast. Today's episode is again sponsored by Mid-America Renewal Conference. Mark 2019 will take place September 5 and 6 here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and will feature the ministries of preachers like Reverend Jody Wells, Reverend Victor Jackson, Youth Ministries President Reverend Josh Carson, Reverend Elias Limonis, General Secretary Reverend Scott Graham, and of course, our pastor, Reverend Paul Mooney. Prepare yourself because September 5th and 6th, 2019 will be life-changing here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We hope that you're making plans to uh, be there at that conference. If you've been keeping track of the Mark sermons happening here on the podcast, then you may have deduced that today's episode would in fact feature the ministry of Reverend Scott Graham. He's currently serving as the General Secretary of the United Pentecostal Church International and is certainly no stranger to Mark. Today we resurrect a sermon that Brother Graham preached a few years ago at Mid-America Renewal Conference entitled, Blessed in Every Season. We hope that whatever season you find yourself in today, that you are blessed and that you are making plans to attend Mid-America Renewal Conference this year, September 5 and 6, 2019, where you'll be able to hear more of today's featured speaker, Reverend Scott Graham. It's a wonderful thing to be in God's house today. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. It's even better to be with the Lord of the house. And it's wonderful to feel his touch here this morning. Amen. To our host, Bishop Mooney, and what a wonderful honor it is to stand in his pulpit today and his vision for this meeting and his leadership in making it happen. Every one of us who comes and is blessed is blessed by the hard work and the leadership of Brother Mooney and this church. And I think it would be in order for us to pay tribute to this pastor in this local church, many people who work so hard to make this happen. Amen. So many special friends that are here. I give honor to all these men on the platform, certainly Brother Bernard, who will follow me here today. I am the wilderness through which you must walk to get to the milk and honey, which will come later. But I am delighted and very honored to be here sharing the platform with our great leader who is in a position at the structure and the will of God and is doing an excellent job in leading our fellowship. Brother Jones and Brother Dean last night were just stellar. How many of you were here last night? Wonderful. How many of you would like to be where I am right now following those two men? So I I get your sympathy vote at the very least today. So many special friends here in the house, and I'm grateful for each and every one of you who have had an influence in my life, and that's a little bit about what I think I'll talk about this morning, if the Lord will help me, from Psalm chapter 1, the first psalm, and I will read beginning in verse number 1. It's always a hazard to get up in front of a bunch of preachers, a bunch of sanctified folk, and read a verse that is as familiar as is this. 
But um, I'm going to run that risk today anyway at the constraint of the Lord. Psalm 1 and verse 1. The word of the Lord says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Nothing ugly about God giving us instructions. He said, I delight in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I'm going to preach a little bit today by the help of the Lord on the subject, blessed in every season. I want to be blessed. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. 47 candles on my birthday cake at present. And see what's fascinating about that number is that to some of you that sounds very, very young. To this group seated over here, they're trying to figure out how I'm functioning without oxygen. 47 years old. It's fascinating as you age to to try to get a perspective on that. We're never good at that. You go back to your high school reunion and all those people have gotten old. It's amazing how that happens. One of my favorite little stories I read, a glimpse into that, was a lady who moved away from her hometown and she moved back. She was looking for a dentist and she just saw a dental office on the, along the road, had no particular reference. She wasn't sent there by anybody. She just saw it and stopped and so she went in, and, and they were able to get her in to be seen that day. And while she was in the waiting area, she saw the diploma posted on the wall. The dentist had posted his credentials out there. And she noticed the name on the diploma was familiar to her. And she said, I, I went to school with a, I graduated with a young man by that name. You don't suppose, maybe, that that's, that's him. And so they let her... When her time came, they led her down the hall and into the, in the room there, and she sat down in the chair. And when the dentist walked in, I read the little thing she wrote about it. She said, my first thought was, no, that can't be him. He's far too old. But as he examined her and as he, as he did the work there, the more he talked and the more she caught his vocal inflections and his countenance, and she began to think that he looks old, but that looks like him. So finally she asked him, she said, where did you go to high school? And he gave her the name, you know, North Central High. And she said, that's amazing. She said, what year did you graduate? And he told her, and she said, you were in my class. And his immediate response to her is, no, kidding, what did you teach? Because we all look at other people and say, man, they're getting old. But life is what happens to us. <laughs> I'm just going to go on record today. I want to be blessed. I need the blessing of the Lord in my life. Our culture even the religious culture has corrupted this idea of being blessed by attaching dollar signs to it. 
And blessings must, they say, be measured in net worth. And it can be cataloged in houses and cars and lands and a host of other things which will one day pass away and burn up. Now, I realize that we are blessed with material things. Brother Dean talked about it last night. There is a danger about our blessing actually becoming a curse. But I'm willing to go on record today to say that the blessings of the Lord in my life have gone a long way past what is or isn't in my checkbook. Now, you can think this is just cliche and just preacher talk if you want to. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to know that's a blessing. God will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That is a blessing. You want to condense down to simplicity. He looked at you and said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is a blessing. You may not be able to measure it on a worldly wealth or sum it up on any kind of balance sheet. But again, chalk it up to just preacher rhetoric if you want. But we better never get over this. If you've been washed in the blood of Christ and your sins have been forgiven because you've gone down in water in Jesus' name, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance, I just want to go on record today. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. You are blessed. You're blessed. And I want to walk in blessing. Not because I'm greedy, but because I need it. But the good news is that it's promised to us that God delights in blessing us. Psalm 5 and 12, For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous, and with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Psalm 67 and 5, Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. I think it's one of the neatest word pictures in Scripture in Deuteronomy 28 when God spoke to his people and said, It shall come to pass if you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord. You want to hear it? Blessed will you be in the city. Blessed will you be in the field. Blessed will be the fruit of your body. Blessed will be the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of... Blessed will be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in. And blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. I'm just telling somebody, it's a good life living for the Lord. Don't you poor mouth it with me and talk about we poor Pentecostals. This is the greatest life on the planet to be a New Testament apostolic. I love this. I love this. And God told Israel, he said, I'll just tell you how this will work. I'm going to send blessings after you. You're not going to have to chase blessings. You walk with me and I'll make blessings come on you and overtake you. I'm not going through life just trying to chase down blessings. I'm chasing Jesus. I'm following after him. And he said, I'll make these blessings just catch up with you. I like that picture. 
Ever been walking down a dark street and wonder what's following you? Kind of peeking over your shoulder a little bit. We left church last night. My, one of my very dearest friends in all the world. I'm so glad for him in my life. Brother Gary Randall's here with me. We left church last night. I said, you know how to get back on the interstate? Sure. I said, good, because I get turned around every time I leave this church. He said, just follow Brother Coltharp. And then he got through a green light, and we didn't. And I looked over, and he's on Twitter. I said, where am I going? I said, well, I think it's up here. and going. We wound up going down a street. I said, hey, Flash, stop looking at your phone. Help me find the interstate. He looked up, and he said, what are we doing in this neighborhood? And I found myself checking the rear view to see what might be coming up behind me. Because I didn't feel too secure there. God said, just get it straight. If you're walking with me, you don't have to worry about sickness coming up behind you. You don't have to worry about need coming up behind you. You don't have to worry about discouragement, depression, and suicidal thoughts coming up behind you. Said you may walk through some of that stuff, but let me tell you what I got coming behind you. I got blessings on your trail. They're like bloodhounds hunting you down. Hey, I feel the Lord trying to encourage somebody here today. Let me tell you what's tracing up behind you. He's got blessings of anointing and blessings of revival and blessings of healing. These signs shall follow. You just keep walking with God. And when you least expect it, there's a blessing going to leap on you from behind. He's a God that blesses us. So I preach today that you can be blessed in every season. Our text this morning talks a little bit about seasons. It references a tree bringing forth fruit in his season. I think we all understand this in the natural world. Nobody goes out to the orchard in the middle of February to pick peaches. Stand out there and curse the tree. Well, you're a peach tree. You should have peaches. No man eat fruit of the hereafter. We don't get frustrated. We don't rant and rave and beat the tree up because we understand the value of seasons. The trees have to pass through seasons in order to have the rest to be able to produce during the fruit season. God ordains seasons in our lives. And just recently, this verse that is so familiar to us, Blessed is that man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. It was brought to me that perhaps, rather than this being three admonitions to a man at one time, maybe it's three instructions for different seasons. Because you will notice that the individual referenced here becomes consistently less active in the verse. He's walking, then he's standing, and then he's seated. Maybe it speaks of a declining physical strength and activity level. Maybe this verse gives us a picture of a man aging in his relationship with God. And thus maybe there are admonitions given to each of these different seasons of life that tell us how we can be blessed. So just perhaps the word of the Lord to us today is this. That if you're going to be blessed when you're a young man, you got to guard against ungodly counsel. 
If you're going to be blessed as a middle-aged man, you better be careful what you're standing for. And if you're going to be blessed as a senior saint, you better be careful that you don't sit down in scorn. So, I'm going to preach to the three groups. I am not going to put you in a group. I just look stupid. The only group I'm pretty sure I can specify is this first group. We talk to the young men and women here today. The psalmist first addresses this younger generation, the walkers. They're moving, they're active, they're strong, they're doing, they're going, they're busy. They're mobile. They still have energy enough to be about things. That's okay. That's the season they're in. They are meant to be strong and they are meant to be active. John once said, I have written unto you young men, not because I think you're a bunch of heathens, but because you're strong. I'm grateful for our young men and women. That was a nice perfunctory Baptist hand applause. Thank you so much for that. I thank God for the energy of a young choir that stands up there and looks godly and looks holy. I thank God for young men and young ladies that have turned their backs on careers to pursue a calling. I thank God for young men and young ladies that have kingdom vision and want to do something great for a great God. I want to go on record today. We believe in you. We have confidence in you. You're going to do something great for a great God. But the word of the Lord says that if you want to be blessed, you're going to have to be very careful what voices you let speak into your life. Blessed is the man when he's walking that he doesn't absorb the counsel of the ungodly. Not just every voice ought to speak into your life. Not just every voice ought to have influence with you. I'm going to be your friend, but I ain't going to be scared of you either. There's just some voices ought not speak to you. There's some music doesn't belong in your iPod. Because you don't need that voice speaking to you. Hollywood ought not be the biggest voice influencing you. Not just everything on Facebook belongs in your in-basket. Are you hearing me? Because God says, okay, let me put the question out to you. All you young ministry endeavored young men and young ladies, do you want to be blessed? sound like I just asked you if you'd like a Pop-Tart. You're going to go do the work of God and do something great for God. You ain't going to do it because you're smart and you're not going to do it because you got personality. You're going to have to so I'm going to ask you again, do you want to be blessed? That you're going to have to make a covenant with your eyes and a covenant with your ears and say there's just some voices that are not going to speak into my life. There's some stuff I don't need to hear. There's some things I don't need to see. There's some things I don't need to be influenced by. There's some voices that do not bring godly counsel to me. And it's not just because you're scared you'll be lost. Because you want to be blessed. 
It's not about what I can get away with or what will send me to hell or what I might get called into Pastor Mooney's office for. It's about being blessed. And so if I have to separate myself from some folks, it's worth it to be blessed. If I have to look at some guys and say, we're not on the same path, it's worth it to be blessed. You better hear me right now, young men. You better be careful about what voices you let speak into your life. I have had it up to here with seeing young men and young ladies graduate out of our Bible colleges and then some perverse doctrinal misfit starts speaking into their ears and pulls them away from the anchor points that we trained you to preach. Just a minute. I'm tired. I'm tired of some apostates trying to rape the souls of young ministries and getting up next to you and trying to make you question everything you've been taught. I pray to God you'd look at some voices and say, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to be influenced by that. I'm not being ugly. You listen to me. I'm 47 years old. I'm pretty settled on what I believe. I'm not walking anymore. But there's some people I stopped following on Twitter. Because I'm not going to give an ear to that mess they're spewing out. People that used to preach the same thing you and I preach. And now they're off the deep end. I don't need to listen to that. I don't, I don't need to be influenced by that. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I'm not going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm just telling you, you're walking... You're still mobile. You're still trying to find your anchor points. You're still trying to figure out where you're going to settle down. And so you can't let some voices speak into your life. I want to be blessed more than I want to be entertained. I want to be blessed more than I want to be popular. I want to be blessed more than I want to fit into this world. When you're walking, when you're in that season of life, when you're still moving around, you're trying to find where you're going to settle and put down roots. It's the wrong time to have ungodly voices speaking into your life. Well, Brother Graham, they won't influence me. Huh? You finish it for me, all you educated Bible school students. Can two walk together except they? Don't tell me you can walk with them and not begin to agree with them. That's impossible. If you walk with them long enough, you're going to start talking like them. If you, hey, if you walk with them long enough, you're going to start thinking like them. If you walk with them long enough, you're going to start spewing out the same stuff they say. Please hear me. I want you to go pastor great apostolic churches. I want you to go lead at great apostolic choirs. I want you to go to the far corners of the world and preach the only saving gospel. And so while you're young, you can't let certain voices speak into your life. I make myself vulnerable here. and had a dear friend that Walked away from his anchor points. Left. See, that's the thing. You don't lose this. Paul didn't tell the Ephesian church, I have somewhat against you because you lost your first love. He didn't say that. 
said, you left your first love. You walked away from it. And generally you did it because you were walking with someone. <laughs> A friend that turned his back on all the anchor points that were tried to be instilled in him. When I talked to him about it, he said, I didn't make this decision lightly. He said, I talked to ten individuals. I said, oh, really? So I thought we were pretty tight. You didn't talk to me. I said, I, would you be willing to share with me the ten men you talked to? And he told me. Nine of them had already left us. And one of them is about to, it would look like. And I looked at a young man who walked in the counsel of the ungodly and made shipwreck of his life. If you want to look at me, look at Uncle Scotty. Look at me. I'll preach to y'all in a little bit. If you want to be blessed, I've lived where you are. I've been where you are. I've been where you are. I know what it is for those little questions to flit through your mind. I know what it is for somebody to get up next to you and say, do you think it really matters? You want to know one of the number one reasons I'm still standing here today preaching the same thing they taught me back when I was where you are? It's because I got away from certain voices and I surrounded myself with other voices. If you want to be blessed, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be blessed, you can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I'll leave them alone. So to the young man, the man that's still walking, the man that's still trying to find his place, he says, you want to be blessed, you can't have ungodly counsel. To the next group, to the standers, to the middle-aged men and women, I never thought I'd be that. That next group is no longer moving like they used to. <laughs> you didn't see any of them running back and forth across here a minute ago. <laughs> I'm still every bit the athlete I ever was from the neck up. <laughs> I was at a youth camp a while back. You tell you how long ago it was, youth camp. Several years ago, I preached youth camp, and we were going to play the, pre the kids' preacher's game, you know. One of the counselors came out with a t-shirt on. It's the most honest thing I think I've ever read. It said, I never was as good as I used to be. <laughs> the standards. They're not falling down, but neither are they as energetic as they once were. Pretty sure I'm there. But the thing is, they're standing. They're not moving. They've settled in. They've established some things in their life. They're not moving. They're pretty anchored. They're not mobile anymore. To that group, he says, please, for the sake of those around you, be careful what you stand for. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Everyone is going to stand for something. And he says, for the love of God, if you want to be blessed, make sure you stand for righteousness. Make sure you stand for this doctrine. Make sure you stand for the things that have been invested in you. We are establishing homes and families. And if we want that family to be blessed, if we want our family to stay in a righteous standing, then you and I are going to have to stand for some things. 
not being ugly, but I'm telling you, I'm trying to raise a family in a crazy world. Crazy world. You mentioned it last night. I'm not, I almost said as old as you. You're not quite as young as, I'm following you. That's bad right there. But I don't need 12 or 13 more birthdays to feel just what you feel. I'm not at home here. This world's going nuts. Crazy bunch of foolishness with all our kids fascinated with vampires and zombies. What is that mess? Used to be one day a year we had to preach against that ignorance on Halloween, and now it's every day. The Twilight movie series and book series, if you're not familiar with it, you better be your kids are. It's made billions of dollars celebrating evil and wickedness. Even the author of that thing, her name escapes me at the minute, but the author of that thing even said, it went so far as to depict in her books sexual relationships between demonic spirits and human beings. And I promise you we got kids ingesting that stuff. It ain't just kids. Fifty Shades of Grey. It's a series of books. If you're not familiar, it's softcore porn in print. No, I've not read it. I wouldn't pollute my spirit with that foolishness. But I've tried to read about it to be educated because the statistics, they're three of the top five of the New York Times bestseller list, and the statistics are telling us that it's being bought in Christian homes as much as in non-Christian homes. We're living in a crazy world. Into that world, God says, if you want to be blessed, You're going to have to plant your feet in some things and say, I'm not moving. I'm not walking. I am standing, but I am standing for some stuff. I'm not trying to be ugly or beat anybody up. I'm just telling you, I want to be blessed. I want my son to be blessed. I want my daughter to be blessed. I want my marriage to be blessed. So I'm going to have to plant my feet in some truth and say, you can't shake me from this. You can't move me from this. I'm going to stand for some right things. We want a king. You don't want a king. God's your king. We want a king. You don't want a king. God's your king. We want a king. Why do you want a king? Because everybody else has a king. And I just, I just want to be like all them. What could be wrong with a king? The prophet said, okay, you better understand something. I'm just fitting to preach. He said, you better understand something. If you demand to be like everybody around you, here's the kind of king you're going to get. He will take your sons, and he'll make them run before his chariots, and they will till his gardens and till his fields. He will take your daughters, and he will make them confectionaries, and they will cook for him. Do you hear what he was saying? That if you insist on being more and more like the world around you, the price is going to be extracted from your children. He may not make you run before his chariots and he may not even make you bake his goods, but your kids are going to pay a price if there aren't some apostolics in 2012 that are willing to plant their feet and say, I want to be blessed. 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 I will stand.
He will bless every life that is not standing in the way of sinners. Well, it must be that when he's biggest of all the boys. What's that? It's not him? Okay. Bring me the next one. Jesse, that's second born. He's a good boy. Huh? Not him? Okay. Number three. You got any more boys? Yeah, there's one red-headed kid on the backside of the hillside tending sheep. He said, go get him. And then he turned around and said, hold it. Nobody sit down. There's a king coming. You better stand. You want to know what makes me committed to standing? There's a king coming. And when the king gets here, I want him to find as for me and my house. We're still standing for Acts 2 and John 3. As for me and my house, we're still standing for separation from the world. As for me and my house, we're still standing for devotions of prayer and reading the Bible. As for me and my house, I want to be blessed. I want my kids to be blessed. I'm going to stand for some right things. Dads, moms, your family and home is depending on you to be blessed. Stand for some right things. To the more senior men and women, you class yourself. The sitters. The psalmist addresses that final group. They're seated. They're a little older. They're a little weary. They're not up to walking. And even standing is a little more than they want to do too much. Their life's not over, and their usefulness is nowhere near past. Their counsel and their wisdom is beyond estimation. Here a while back, a couple of, a couple of winters ago, we had a, a little window of time in St. Louis when it snowed every Sunday. 60 degrees on Tuesday. Snow on Sunday. Got up one Sunday morning. It's snowing pretty good that week. And uh, we've tried to make our folks out. You know, I tell them, if, it's, if you don't feel safe getting out, I don't want you to feel unsafe. But we're going to have church for those that can get here. And uh, so we're going to have church. I got there and was helping a couple guys clean the walks and stuff, get stuff ready, throwing out salt. And I looked up, and the first worshiper is arriving. Marion Gunn, 82, on a walker. I'm speeding it up for the sake of time. <laughs> well, no wonder he came. It's going to thaw before he gets to the door. It's going to be all right. <laughs> I walked out there, I got an arm around him, I said, Brother Gunn, what are you doing? He said, it's Sunday, isn't it? Now, see, that did two things to me. It made me want to hug him and go, thank God for you. Then it made me want to beat some young couples that thought it was too dangerous. 
And I watched that elder with that walker. I said, are you sure you're safe? His walker had two little wheels on the front of it. He's so funny. He said, put snow tires on it this morning. <laughs> it's our turn now. Elders, we want you to know how much we love you and how much we thank God for the example you've set. We would not be here if it weren't for you. We wouldn't have what we have if it wasn't for you. There would not be a Calvary Tabernacle. There wouldn't be an Indiana District. There wouldn't be an IBC if it wasn't for some elders that paid the price and were faithful when it wasn't popular. I thank God you may not be walking and you may not be standing, but you just sit there. Your example of faithfulness it's a blessing to the church. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. We honor you. Thank God for elders who pattern faithfulness. Thank God for those who may have to sit more than they used to, but to still show us how to be committed to a marriage and how to support the church and how to pray and be faithful to God. Thank God. But elders, the writer speaks to you as well. He says, if you want to be blessed in that season when you're seated, don't become scornful. It's so easy for some people in later years to become negative and critical and judgmental. To see all the faults in the generation that's coming on. To question and doubt their commitment. I'm so glad that I don't sense that's what's happening here. I thank God that I don't think that's what's happening by and large in the United Pentecostal Church. It's not that everyone is perfect, but I'll tell you what God can bless and is blessing. He'll bless a church or a district or an organization where the younger generation values and honors the elders and where the elders support and believe in the younger. Sure. Everything's not going to be done like it used to be. I don't see tambourines and accordions making a comeback. Let's pause and thank God. The music will change. I don't get some of it. We were, again, it's been a few years. I was preaching at Youth Camp Louisiana and Brother Merle Ewing invited me to preach this Sunday before that camp in, in Lake Charles. So we drove in on that Sunday. He has a little, they have a little house there next to their church that they kept us in. I walked in and it had an old component stereo system sitting there. And it had every cassette. I'll explain what that is later. It had every cassette tape that I think Merle Ewing had ever made. Oh, son, I put those things in. I'm walking through that house singing every word of every song. I don't know what it is. When, when I listen to him, I try to sing like him. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Into the ground, the green. I can't do it, but I, I was trying. I'm singing every word to every song. My son looked at me with a look that said, how old are you? <laughs> the music changes. I, I, I keep XM on 18. This is enlightened. Southern gospel. Come on, somebody. Yeah, Lord. My daughter twitches when she gets in the car. 
Music's going to change. I go up in our youth service. I don't get it. One Wednesday night, a quarter, our young people do the, do the midweek service in the auditorium. They do all the music. Youth choir sings. I don't get it. It doesn't move me. I'd a whole lot rather sing Blessed Assurance. But I told our church a while back, I said, even if you can't worship about what they're singing, you ought to be able to worship that they're singing. So before we sit down in scorn and say, we didn't used to do it that way. Well, I got newsflash for you there, Sherlock. The generation before you didn't do it the way you did it either. But somehow Acts 2 is still being handed to the next generation. I'm not talking about compromising on core doctrines. That's out of the question. We're standing. But God help us not to get scornful as we look at the generation that comes behind us. I say, God help us. We believe in you. The church is going forward. He's the one building the church. It's going to be okay. Service schedules change. We don't have as much church as we had when I was a kid. Nowhere near it. I remember the revivals. I'm old enough. Six weeks, maybe about the fourth week, you'd take a night off. And even then, the pastor was like, <sighs> couldn't believe, yeah, then you have a prayer meeting. Didn't have church, come have prayer. For weeks on end. Watch this, y'all watch this. How many of y'all all remember that? Yeah, watch. How many of y'all remember that? See? Changes. Service schedules themselves change. My Lord, we can start and end a service sometimes in the length of time my pastor used to preach. We're streaming on the internet now. I don't think they did that at the merger conference. A Facebook page. I don't know how to use it. We've got one. We have a Twitter feed for our church. What? If you'd have said that half a dozen years ago, they would have... Probably sat you down. I don't know what that is. Well, you, the man's cussing in the pulpit. What's he doing? We don't understand. It's just, what? Things change. And see, I'm heading toward the group that's sitting. I'll be there one day. I pray when I get there, I don't get ugly at the people that are following me and say, well, we didn't used to do it that way. Because to all the sitters, let me give you good news. We still baptize in Jesus' name. We still see people filled with the Holy Ghost. We're still calling them to live separate. We're still saying that men dress like men and ladies like ladies and our hair and those things really do matter. We're not giving up on stuff that you taught us. It's just some of the methodology is changing. I want the church to be blessed. So the church to be blessed has to have young people not here in ungodly counsel, middle-aged people that take a stand and senior saints that say, I'm so excited about where the church is going. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I believe in you. Stand with me if you would. You can be blessed while you're seated, so long as you're not sitting in judgment. Blessing can come in every season. The youth can avoid ungodly counsel. The adults can stand for sin, against sin and for righteousness. 
the elders can sit as examples and not with scorn. And at every age, the man is called to delight in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates. And he said he's like a tree by rivers of water. There's nothing dry and dead about this thing. This is life. This is vibrant. No matter what season of life, it's vibrant and it's alive to live for him. And he brings forth fruit. His leaf does not wither. No matter the conditions, drought, heat, cold, sickness, yeah, they come. But the blessed man makes it through all. Everything he does prospers because his time in God's word and his perspective is right. When he's a youth, he says, I will not let wrong influences come to my life. If there are those that walk out from among them, from among us, I will love them. I will be friendly, but I will not walk with them. No matter how much influence they had, no matter how much star power they had, if they walk out from among us, I will love them. I will not walk with them. To young, to young couples and to young families that are establishing their home, to middle-aged people who are trying to protect the souls of your children, he says you can be blessed and live a vibrant life if you plant your feet in some righteousness and say, I stand for this. And elders who commit to support those who are following without bitterness and jaded judgment and scorn. He says, you can be blessed. You can be blessed. It's 11 o'clock. It's three minutes, two minutes after 11, whatever it is. We're not supposed to be done to one. Brother Bernard assured me he wouldn't preach more than an hour and a half, so I think I'm still inside my time frame. You know what I want us to do? This is going to be very awkward, I know, and I, I didn't even get permission, Bishop. I, but I don't want you guys... To sit over there and pray for each other. And I don't really even just want husbands and wives to take each other's hands and pray for one another. We kind of need an intergenerational connection today. I want the church to be blessed. I want the United Pentecostal Church to be blessed. So that's going to mean there are going to have to be young people. That do not look with disdain at our elders because you think they're old-fashioned and out of date. You wouldn't be here, baby cakes, if it wasn't for them. And we need elders that do not look at them and say the church is going to hell in a handbasket because, my God, they don't even play tambourines anymore. Does that make sense? So since you're the walkers... I'm going to ask you in a moment to move. Please, please, please do not be embarrassed by this. So I don't even know these folks. I don't care. We got a lot more in common than we got different. We're all part of the family. This is just a big family gathering here today. I'm going to ask you in a moment, we have some music we'll sing in a minute, to leave where you are. I know this is awkward. And go find somebody you don't even know. That's, that's, that's a standard. Or a sitter and say, can I pray for you? And will you pray for me? Because we're in this thing together. And I want to be blessed. I want to honor you. And I want your blessing. I'd encourage some of you elders, if you can get out from where you're seated. <laughs> and step out in the aisle so some of these young people can get to you. Meet them halfway. Some of my generation, Brother Randall mentioned me last night. We, <laughs> he said, did you notice we're not the young guys anymore? I said, you're not. <laughs> Go find a stander and say, preacher, I'm still walking, 
I want to arrive at a safe location. Please stand for something so I can come where you are and know I'll be okay. I, I'm, I'm putting a real burden on you to make this happen right now, and I know that's awkward, but would you please, as we sing, would you just, please don't just step right over here. I need some of y'all to move all the way across here. I looked over here a little while ago, a brother and sister bride up sitting here. He's still pastor, and they're not seated. They're not sitters. My first district superintendent and a man that left fingerprints on my life. Brother Bright, up every place I ever go and preach, you're in that pulpit because you put fingerprints on me. I honor you today. I need my elders. And you know what? It wouldn't be altogether bad for some of you that are in my generation to go find a white-headed elder and say, I need you to pray for me because I, I want to make this transition smoothly. I want to move on into ministry well. Would you please help me? Some of you Greetings, podcast listeners. If you are interested in sponsoring an Indiana Bible College podcast episode, here's what we need you to do. Email us, podcast at go2ibc.com. That's podcast at go2ibc.com. Here's the deal. On any given month, we will average about 10,000 downloads on this podcast right here. A featured episode sponsorship includes a 15-second ad spot preceding the episode of a feature podcast. Not only that, but your ad dollars will also secure you a featured place on the IBC YouTube channel that boasts over 45,000 subscribers, and we will include social media advertising on IBC platforms. Sponsorship is a simple and cost-effective way to promote your ministry or business, and we would love to partner with you in spreading your message. We look forward to hearing from you, and God's blessings.